This show is brought to you by Made by Super. Hiring a design studio is more necessary than you think. Your brand is important, and how it's represented shouldn't be phoned in. Whether it's your logo, website, messaging, online ads, environment, graphic design, or social media, you need professionals, thinkers, advocates for your brand, people that will make you look good. It will make a difference. Trust me. Go to madebysuper.com and hire great designers to get to work for you on your brand. Also brought to you by Age Old Trade Design, LA's premier hospitality design firm. Welcome to Acting Real with Kat Foster, where I talk with talented, seasoned professional actors about how they use what they've learned from acting in their real everyday lives. Today, we talk to actor John Bernthal. John is best known for his portrayal of Shane Walsh on the AMC series The Walking Dead. You may also recognize him from his many roles on the big screen in films like The Wolf of Wall Street, Sicario, The Accountant, Baby Driver, Widows, and so many more. Most recently, he starred in The Punisher on Netflix. Enjoy. It is a skeleton, and you have to discover where the bones go. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. We're not recording yet. Are we recording? We're recording. Okay, hi. What's up, Kat? Just as I ate a handful of these almonds. No, that's cool. We're we're natural here on the show. We eat. We have almonds. We have chocolate. You do. You do. Um, dude, how do we? I was trying to. How do we know each other? Is it through Pugatch? We met in New York, right? You know, I feel like I was thinking about this too. I feel like we met in New York, but I I. I feel like the first time I ever laid eyes on you was in Maine at Portland Stage Company. Oh. Do you remember that? No. Did you don't you remember that? That's so crazy because upstairs you were like, yeah, Comedy dude, of Errors? No, man, because you were doing a play there and I was Comedy doing Comedy of Errors. And I was doing Proof right after oh, you. And I met you and I think that like I like we had heard about it. We had a common friend in, in Jason. Yeah, Jason Pugat. And Jason's such a fucking talented dude. Yeah, man. He's so such a, good. I know. And uh, I've kind of sadly lost touch with him a little bit you know do you keep it a little bit yeah actually we lived in his old house before we bought this oh for just real? for like six months yeah okay okay so, i mean yeah, he's like you know bit. he's one of those guys like you know you, you meet these folks along the way uh you know and i, I, I went to acting school with him but yeah. he was just like so ridiculously talented so and good. smart and such and, a good uh, actor yeah, I always really admired him and looked yeah. up to him, and and um and probably that had something to do with it because he spoke the world of uh, about you, and 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 you know it was one of those things like if Jason, if you were a friend of Jason's, you must. That's be so long but ago, remember, by the way. I, yeah, That's man. like what two thousand five. What proof, proof or like proof? Yeah, yeah and but, comedy but, of like, errors two thousand four, something like that. Two thousand four, two thousand five, and I was like, that was like what I wanted to do. I wanted to go do regional, regional theater, theater, and that was yeah. the first time I really felt like I'm I'm kind of like attaining my dream here because uh, it was uh yeah. it was you know like go, going and in, we got we got put up in like a cool motel amazing you know what i mean yeah put up in, in like making money and yeah, like you know like, and, and i don't know 800 and, bucks a week or something yeah dude and, equity and totally and it was they a had great like a big theater. subscription base yeah, yeah it was it was packed it. every night and yeah. I, like i love doing that play and yeah i met you like a i feel like in that process you guys were just right. finishing and we were just starting Man. And, uh, but that was the life I re- like, that was the life I really wanted. Yeah. Like, I just thought the idea of 
kind of traveling the country doing regional theater like it couldn't possibly get better than that like yeah. i just thought it was so and it was kind of sad and that was the for it for me it kind of that was the first one that you know i'd done a lot of theater in dc and I'd done some theater in New York and stuff, but that was the first one that sort of manifested itself for me and, and worked out. And then right after that, I ended up going to coming what, out here. What what was there? It was it was it the class that brought you out here? No, I came out here a year because that's before. my next memory of you, by the way. What's that? Which you and I not remember, but what? you were on the class. Remember the sitcom? I, I do remember that. Okay, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. for CBS, I think. Yes, or, ma'am. Okay, yeah, and so yeah. you were on the sitcom yeah. called The Class with some really fun people: Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Lizzie, and Lizzie, Kaplan, Lizzie Kaplan, Jason Ritter, all the yeah, Heather and Lucy. Oh and yeah, and Jason Sean. Ritter was on that show. Yeah, it was amazing. I want to get him on the show. He'll, Jason's he'll come the on the best. Show. I know. I love him. Jason's the best. I love him. All of those guys. Right, and so and at the same time that you were doing that sitcom. Mm. Eddie K. Thomas and I yep. were doing Till Death. That's right. That's and so right. we were shooting on the Sony lot, right. and you guys were on Warner Brothers. That's right. And we, you guys would always go to the Smokehouse That's after right. your tape, yep. tape nights. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and yep. so yep. then yep. me and Eddie K. Yeah. and his girlfriend at the time, Ari, Ari, Ari Grainer. Yeah, then I did a movie with the Ari's the best. Yeah, man. she's really good too. So we all, yeah, she's incredible. So we, right. we, uh, we all hung out with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was going. a cool time. I mean, that, that too, you know, like the sitcom thing. God, sitcoms, man. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I, that, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those things where, where, you know, I really, I, 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 that group of people and doing that show, you know, it was like there, there was like seven of us and everybody was in their 20s and, and every most of everybody came from the New York stage. Yeah. And everyone yeah. was so freaking good. Yeah. And, and we just, you know, you just kind of watched. Everybody stayed there for each other's scenes and yeah. watched and we were all trying to sort of make each other laugh. And it was a really kind of beautiful, healthy situation. And I remember, I, I remember acutely sort of seeing like that I wasn't tailor made for that. Like I, I never felt sure. really comfortable with that, but yeah. I really like when I saw Jesse and Lizzie and, and, and Andrea Anders. Yeah. And like, I was yeah. like, wow, you guys are fucking What made you uncomfortable this. with it? Was it you the know, like climate, the culture or the, or the craft part of it? No, I mean, I think I, I really dug the studio audience coming from, coming from theater. And it was strange. Cause I feel like in the, in the beginning of my career, you know, I, I always, you know, when I first came out, you know, like everybody, you're auditioning for, soap operas and and wb shows and shit like that i just felt so ugly i just felt like every time i'd walk in the room the casting directors would be like why is this like oh disgusting creature like walking into this room because i wasn't like pretty like like most of the you know actors out there and i re you know and you look i i grew up in in a place so fucking far from here mm. that i did sort of have this idea that you had to look a certain way yeah. to be able to do it and you know we're all kind of like how did you get over when did you get over that did you get, have you gotten over that yeah. i mean obviously yeah now you're doing yeah, i have i really have was I there mean, like a metamorphosis like were there moments along the way like is there a journey like can you say like you know a few years back i just suddenly realized like i do look good enough <laughs> like well, i don't know about, about, about like looking good enough but i i i definitely you know, look, I mean, I think like life and I think this kind of, you know, an actor's life, you, you know, the best thing about it is, is it's in fact, exactly what you said. In my opinion, it's a journey. It's something that doesn't end. It's something about, you know, you're lucky enough to be into something where you can always grow. You can always learn more. You always have more and more experiences, collect more and more people. And, and, and it's something to chase, not uh, arrive at. And that's a real big blessing. But I definitely know that 
you know, I'm definitely quite over. I mean, look, we still, all of us, and definitely me included, have my insecurities, and there's still, you know, first days on set where I feel like I don't belong. But I will say it's not totally steeped, you know, just yeah. in appearance. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, I think you think that people think a certain way of you, and 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 you know, I think that th- that can happen from time to time. Like mm-hmm. you, you walk into something now, I think it's different. My insecurities. It's about like sort of a stigma that I think that might come with a lot of the decisions I've made or roles that I've played and people think they, they, they know me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's no different than when I started out because mm-hmm. I started out very much as an athlete and, and trying to be a, go into the theater as an athlete. You know, I always walked in and I just felt that people sort of looked at me different, looked that I didn't belong and I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily like smart enough to mm-hmm. be there. I wasn't an mm-hmm. artist or, but I think, I think for me, that's a long ass answer to a short ass question. But I think, I, I think for me, if there was one thing that kind of, changed things for me was walking dead only because it was the first time I felt like I was really given an opportunity to in front of a camera to play a part that I could kind of tap into some things that, you know, had really been with me my whole life. And I I think it's such a lame term to say it was sort of like a part that was within my wheelhouse, Mm. but it was, it was very much sort of, I, th- there was sort of like a, a, a gleefulness and a playfulness that I, I, I didn't quite, it didn't quite match up to where I was when I was doing the class. You know, mm-hmm. I think they, and I remember act, I remember saying it to those guys, right, like, right, you guys right. are great at this. Like right. you guys are like put on this earth to do this right. and, and, and I'm definitely not. Right. Like you know? there was something about the walking dead that kind of like aligned with your like psycho emotional self in that moment. Oh shit! At that time, was that my the phone? No, oh, that's my awesome. Fo- I thought that's my that's the monitor. That's my that's August making some squeals. Hold on, I got it. It's all good. My bad. What's up, August? Um, how the fuck did I turn this off? Okay, sorry guys. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Interrupt us. Cat's end. Why is this making noise when my phone's on silent? All right. Okay, we we figured it out. Um, yeah, I I I feel like maybe I don't know like. In my experience, when I'm working on something that feels very aligned with like something that's happening on the inside of me, mm-hmm. I I am not so focused on what's happening on the outside of me. Or in another way of saying that is like I'm not so focused on the way other people might be looking at me. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. Which 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 I think is sort of a necessary step to at least for me to 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 doing kind of good work or work that like is approaching. For sure. You know something that you can that, that you can you can live with, but yeah. but um, yeah, I you, did. I, I I felt that there was sort of a presentational kind of aspect of the sitcom, you know, and maybe it was with the audience right there. Maybe it was, you know, which I, again, it was like it was a show, and, yeah. and and I liked that. I just don't know that I was like really tailor made to do doing it, and and I felt like I had a lot of things to say and express that 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 I don't necessarily think that I could express on 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 that show with that material yeah 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 however i'm i'm super grateful for it and and super grateful for those relationships and sure and and, all um, of it of course all right so i want to get back to what you just said about like the things that uh you felt like you were able to express when you were working on the walking dead but Mm -hmm. i before that i just wonder is there like a moment you can remember where you where you were like i'm an actor or i'm gonna be an actor did you have a moment or is it like since you can remember I mean, it's tough, you know, I, like, again, you know, it's weird because on, on one hand, you know, like where I came from, it wasn't really something that was encouraged or, 
you know, my, my recollection of it is that, you know, I grew up sort of, uh, you know, as an athlete and I grew up as, you know, kind of a troublemaker and a tough guy and all this bullshit. But when I really look at it, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, my, like my mom acted in college and my mom always from, from the youngest age said, you know, you're, you're an actor, like mm. you can do this, like you, you, you should do this. Like you she, identified it. It she identified it in you before you. So far. Wow. Beyond, so Why? Far Why do you think she knew? You know, I was definitely, and I was definitely a troublemaker and a class clown, but I think she just saw me as a performer that I mm. loved attention, that I craved it, that I, that, that I sought it, that when I had it, I shined. And mm -hmm. I think she just saw this in me. And I did always put, put on these little shows for everybody. And, and, and there was definitely the thing as I became like sort of like a young adult, I think there's a sort of a stigma attached with acting. It's so lame that, that I was just like, oh, no, that's not me. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a fighter. I'm what a, is that? Know. Now, what sports did you play? I played uh, football, baseball, uh, and I did that all the way up through college. And then um, I boxed. There's a lot that you I would imagine you took from sports into acting. 100%. I mean, 100%. That, I'm really interested in that. Like, can you talk about like, like, like I mean, there must be things that, you know, it's got to be so similar, like going to play a game as a, like a top level athlete in high school um, that are so the same as like stepping onto your first night of proof at Portland Stage Company. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's, you know, when I finally, you know, I, I did the bulk of my like theater training in, in Russia, you know, and I feel like there was the closest sort of parallel between athletic training and artistic training in a way where it was absolutely vital, where there was, you know, real things at stake, where it was absolutely an athletic endeavor. And I think that's why for me, kind of the theater and, and starting out as a, as a theater actor, I absolutely look at the theater as an athletic endeavor. Let's talk about that. Let's okay. talk, let's t tell me more about that. Because, you know, a lot of people, I think, see acting as something that feels a little bit like enigmatic and sort of hard to grasp but mm -hmm. so many people have played sports mm -hmm. so and and i believe that you know what creates a high level sports athlete is the same as what creates a high level performer totally. it's like the same sort of mechanism so look i think i i, I absolutely i mean i think you, you there's so many comparisons and there's so many similarities I, I the first thing that pops in my mind above all else is that you know when you train in russia you know that your, your first year training where'd you there, train sorry at the, at the moscow art theater and and Amazing. i can tell you about that but i i you know i want to know firstly, all about it. okay cool 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 but yeah. firstly i think you know in your first year there you know what the training is it's all ensemble building mm. you, you basically learn how to be a great teammate you mm -hmm. learn how to make the people around you better you learn how to achieve more as a group than individually and mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people think of performers, people think about it as a sort of individual act. Mm -hmm. And, th you know, I, I, look, we've all been there. We've been with those actors who, especially on, 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 on a film or television set, who can do like a great take on their close up, but they aren't really there for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And look, to each their own. But to me, when things get really exciting and when they get to, when you evolve to kind of the next level is when you have everybody on the set working together like a well-oiled machine. You never know what's going to happen and everybody's free to pop off. Everybody. And it doesn't matter who the camera's on and it's full support. And sometimes... But you know, also I've the been, crew, right? 100% the Sorry, crew. I'm that an were, like, one, one, okay. I mean, it's, it's yeah. this family, this group, this ensemble. And there's a real way to 
to build that, to be a real teammate. And, and you, depending on what your role is, like everybody has a certain role in that. And how can you bolster people? How can you make people feel comfortable? How can you make, make people feel respected? How can, how can you make people feel like they have something to say, they have something to offer and, and, and the best idea is welcome. And I think when things get toxic is when all of a sudden there's sort of like a pecking order or when one person's ideas matter more than someone else or when you see somebody sort of actively shutting down certain people. And, and I just know for me, the, the the most amazing experiences that I've had as an artist have happened when there's a free flow of ideas, when we're working as a team and it's us against the world. And and I think that that is isn't 100% from sports. I think I think the, the, the competitive nature of auditioning totally comes from sports about mm. respecting your opponent, you, you know, looking at them and not letting that, you, you know, I had my, my, my baseball coach in college, he wrote a book called Heads Up Baseball and, and he worked <laughs> with the Yankees and coached at University of Virginia. He's, he's sort of great baseball mind. And, and, you know, one thing that he said is, uh, you know, the batter's box, you know, batting, hitting in baseball is super, super, super psychological. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really funny how, how you can be the best hitter in the world and all of a sudden you go on these slumps, you know, and these things, it's, it's all mental. It's all about getting your head in the right headspace. And I, I, his way of working through that was always when you're up in the batter's box and you start to spiral, when the voices start to come into your head and it starts to not work for you, which we've all Voices been there. like, tell me, give me an voices example. Voices like, fuck, I can't hit this guy. Fuck, I'm not going to be able I'm to do scared. it. I'm yeah, scared. Like, the pressure's you have on. To, right. Like you, and, and like, look, in baseball, sometimes you're up at the plate and, and you one could argue it's sort of a meaningless at bat. I mean, yes, it's an opportunity for your team, but then that you you can be up at that same plate with that facing that same pitcher with that same tool in your hand, but all of a sudden you're down two runs the and the bases are loaded you. and you got two outs and it's like yeah. what are you going to do? And then and that's sort of the magic of baseball is it's it's preparation to kind of how do you deal with the same situation over and over and over again? The only thing that changes is the stakes. Right. So it's like you've got to make it the same every time. You've got to be able to find the same excitement, the same vitality every single at bat, every single th- every single throw, every as if it's as if it's for real, as if it's for the first time, as if it's for the most important time. So what my coach would say is when you start to spiral and start to say a million things, holy shit, oh my god, it's all riding on this. I'm not gonna be it's just a teeny shift when you start getting that negativity yeah. in. But then and what happens is it grows and it grows and grows and grows. What he always would say is just step out of the batter's box and remember why you started playing the game in the first place. Remember what it was like when you just wanted to have fun and you love the game. Yeah. And it's something I totally take with me into acting. You know, when, you know, I just did this, uh, I just did this film, you know, I was doing Punisher and literally the day it wrapped, I went right into this, this film uh, this Mangold film with Christian Bale, Matt Damon. It was, you know, this. You know, I play Lee Iacocca. You know, I see you have wow. this book right there, oh, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it, it was a Did very different. It? Of course, yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, you know, such a different role for me. And and Mangold, you know, just a, as de- you know, I'm coming from this set that you know I played this character for three years and I know everybody and we're like family and he's you, you know as muscular and as aggressive as possible. And then you step into the shoes of this other man who's you know, just as strong, just as uh, sort of formidable, but 
his power comes from his intellect and his his uh, his his ethos and 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 his uh, integrity. Uh, but it's not you know muscular or aggressive. I wish and, you guys could see John right now because he's literally shape shifting. Oh shit! Like, I don't in know front about of all my, that. I'm bef- just a weirdo. Right before my eyes. Anyhow, yeah. the point <laughs> is, is that I definitely spun out. You know, I definitely got there and was said, "Whoa, this is." And like you know, they had already been shooting, so it's like it's you know it's it's Bale and it's Damon, it's these masters. Tell me, and so it's, how do you do it? Well, you know, at first I did. I spiraled, you know, I yeah. fucking spiraled. And, and what and, were the and, voices saying? Like, I can't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking this up. I'm failing. I'm not doing this. I and don't this is like after it. a take, like you, are you, are you after imagining take, that during people a take, are talking you know, shit? Like, 100%. Oh, yeah. and, and you start to put all these voices in everybody's head. You know, you're failing. And the truth is, is I was, I mean, I was, I think you have to, I think that there are times where self-criticism is something you talk about the journey as an actor. Self-criticism is something that has absolutely made me better, has driven me, has, is a huge reason for the fact that I, you know, this acting thing has, has, has put food on the table and clothes on my kids back and, and, and provided the life that we live. I'm so grateful for the self-loathing and the self-hatred because it has driven me. Just like anything else, the best things about people can easily be the worst things about people. And that self-criticism and that self-loathing can tear you apart. And you've got to figure out, just like anything else, how can you make these things work for you rather than work against you? And I was spiraling. These things were starting to work against me to the point where the camera... You know, the camera would find me. He's a super cinematic filmmaker and the camera would find me and I would be like, oh God, here it comes. And, uh, yeah. you know, doing things that I Like where I you're never... sort of a little out of body. 100%. Oh man, that's and, and a scary feeling, Horrifying, right? horrifying. Yeah. And all of a sudden you don't know how to do the thing that you know how to do, that that, that, that you absolutely know how to do. Yeah. And, and, and yes, it's a different character and yes, but you know how to be on set. You know how to be truthful. You know how to be present. Like, why is it not happening yeah so that but what you're describing is really important because i think like we all you know there's there's look sometimes we catch ourselves thinking like um oh like i'm scared you know i'm scared uh, like oh it's all riding on me and we we have these voices in our heads that are can be limiting in terms of like our our what we're what we're our practice right whatever we're setting it to do if we're going at bat or if we're walking onto set but but there is this other level that happens sometimes where like you actually it's like almost like you dissociate like mm-hmm. like I remember I did a play once and there were like n- a few nights in a row I think maybe it started where I forgot a line uh-huh, on stage uh-huh, like a really uh-huh. bad one like uh-huh. I really like forgot what I was yeah, gonna say yeah, next yeah. and I got it terrified me and yeah. so then like for a few nights I mean maybe even like a week of performances I felt like I was on stage yeah. but I was not my character like I was like I was on a stage I was on a fucking bench that wasn't a real bench there was an audience right there I was cat I was playing a role and that's really legitimately terrifying and obviously you know what you're talking about is a much shorter experience where like but sometimes the camera's coming at you right and you're Mm. like oh shit like I actually feel like maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm doing yeah like I'm like actually just gonna straight up manufacture this because like the pressure's on and like I can't I'm not inside this moment and I think in any profession anywhere in the world everyone can have that especially before people start public speaking or you know um like if you're on in an interview with somebody I had a teacher in in uh, grad school say that uh you, you know the motto of the coast guard is we we go where you know, others dare not or whatever. I'm probably fucking that up, but it, it's, it's basically, it's like, you know, the Coast Guard, what they do is when there's a storm and yeah. when they say nobody can go out there, there's somebody like, they've got to go. Right. And 
what they what what he explained is for some people for some people stepping out on stage stepping out in front of you know huge audience it's going a place where just nobody wants to go that's like, right nobody wants that. No, i think it's, that's an know, amazing comparison yeah and 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 look it's a little bit grandiose and like you know me personally i'm, <laughs> well, I'm much you know you and i are much more comfortable going on stage than going into you know like a tropical storm in the ocean but you know it's like people what do you do in those situations when you've got to go to a place that you don't want to go and, and the time you have to go now you got to go now it's there <laughs> the yeah, camera's like, in your face no one's waiting for you right and and and, and so, it's how, funny. so tell me well to me i yeah. mean the reason why i brought up the the reason why i brought it up is just athletically you know what happened was you know one of my best friends sean kerrigan who is is, is an actor and he's he was on comedian. the clock no, he was no, not. No. But he was around a lot. Okay. You probably met Sean. He's like the he's a he's bo- friends- he's a pro boxer. Oh, yeah, 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 we grew yeah. up together. We yeah. boxed together. For he's just like he's friends with Josh Baton too. He's definitely friends yeah, with Josh Baton. Yeah. But but Sean was there. Sean did a did, did a part in the movie, oh, and cool. and Sean was there, and he saw me, and he gave me this speech like, and, and and I don't know that this would work for most actors, but he knows me, and Sean has Sean he and I came up boxing together. Sean is every, Sean's been in my corner mm-hmm. every time I've, I've, I've been in the ring with somebody and he gave me a, a, a speech the way that you would, he, he talked to me as if I was going into a fight and, and what he was, was like, speech? what the fuck is the matter with you? Who are you nervous about, man? You nervous about these motherfuckers? You're fucking you, man. You're Henry Bernthal's father, dude. You're Billy Bernthal's father. You're mm-hmm. Adeline's father, man. Who the fuck mm-hmm. are you like? Remember who the fuck you are and get in there. Fuck these mother. And like, look, that's a coarse way of like, but it's our language and it's athletic. And all of a sudden it absolutely kind of shifted everything and i was like yeah what the like like let's fucking go you know what i mean stop this stamp it out and and uh like i i love that nature to what we're doing so it gave you some courage like it kind of bolstered you it sounds like that's it it it, once you make it as a forward-leaning active oh it's a fight Mm. like oh we got a fight we got a game today Mm. okay let's go fight like i'm done with that like i'm not gonna shy away from that when it's just individual and it's Wait, I'm representing something. I'm representing my family. I mean, it's a big thing. Look, the the hardest thing about this job is, you know, I spend, you, you know, sometimes there, there there have been years since I've had kids where I'm gone 11 out of 12 months and, you know, there's no pain. I've never felt pain like that being away yeah. from my kids. It's pain mixed with guilt, mixed with shame, mixed with you're missing stuff. You're not there to help. I mean, it's the worst. Um, but you sure as shit better believe I'm going to put everything I have into it. Because I'm putting my kid's name on that stuff. And, and, and if I'm going to be away from them, it's not so I can have a good, jolly old time. It's right. not so I can enjoy myself or, or uh, you know, it's, it's, it's to do work that, you know, I hope matters and, and that, that, that I'm putting every fiber of my, my, my being into. So, so one day they'll look at it and say, you know, dad worked his ass off. So I, that's like such a beautiful sentiment. And, I, you know, I'm, I know that your kids will one day say that if they don't already. Um, and... I, yeah, I just love that. But beyond your kids mm-hmm. looking at your work one day and mm-hmm. and feeling like you mattered, like why do you why do you do this? You know, look, I think like beyond I, loving it, sure, beyond, sure, sure, like, sure, sure. Look, it's changed for me over the years, and it's yeah. it's 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 been different things. Look, I I honestly think this thing, you, you know, really saved my life, and and um, I it's it's the fur you know acting and becoming an artist you know it's the first real for me in my life it was the first 
real pathway into something sort of spiritual, something mm-hmm. higher, something uh, beyond me, better than so me. So happy you're saying that. And, and do you have a moment? Do you have a moment? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I mean, look, you got to understand. Because like, I agree, by the way, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I think acting saved my life, mm-hmm. and and I agree that it was the pathway into something spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and I have like some specific moments, but I also have like a general feeling like. So you feel like acting paved the way for you to expand spiritually. And I'm curious, like, how? Look, there's there's so many, (laughs) there's so many ways. I mean, I guess to start, you know, and I've talked about this before, and this is, you know, it's not something that I don't want to talk about. It's just something that at this point, I just kind of find like boring, and it's been explored before. But look, like, I got a lot of trouble when I was young, I I would, you know, I had a real, you, you know, issues with violence, I had real issues with, you know, I was getting incarcerated, I was, I was fighting a lot, I was, you know, just sort of always, I grew up in a kind of a crazy city and I was always, you know, I had every, I had every break in the world. I didn't have some hard luck life, but I definitely sought the hardest life out that I possibly could. And I think it was a real nose for adventure and exploration. And, um, I ran with, you know, I, I, I had a pretty kind of crazy upbringing and I was always sort of on the fringes of, you know, big, serious trouble. It was always, there was always something kind of hanging over me. And I always, my experience from sort of the world was, you know, you are a fuck up. Like mm. that is who you are. Mm. And, and, and from adults and from peers. And it was the only sort of love that I could get from people was sort of be like, well, I'll be the guy, I'll be the craziest guy in the room. I'll be the guy that will do the thing that nobody else will do. And, I let that really take me to some super, super dark, super, super dangerous places. And I think that, you know, as just now as a father and, and like thinking about what I put my folks through and, and, and the way that I live my life, it's just, uh, you, 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 you know, it, it, it sort of encompasses everything for me now in terms of like how I parent, how I'm raising, especially my, my young boys. But that's a different, different story. Well, I'm I, I think about that, that too, fair actually. enough, fair enough. So yeah. I think for me, you know, one of the times, you know, I, I was getting in trouble a lot and my mom again was the first person to say, Hey, you were really good at this. And, and one time, I don't know that I really got in trouble, but I'd always gone to like sports camps and, and sort of just bummed around DC being crazy with my friends over the summer. But I think it was like in eighth grade and I was starting to really kind of turn bad. You know, my mom basically came to me and I have no idea how she convinced me to do it, but she, she basically forced me to 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 go on this thing where you would go around and travel with this group of kids. I think they were sort of like troubled kids, but you would basically you would travel around New England and you would stay in tent you 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 would it was sort of like communal living. You would like cook, shop for all your own food, cook all your own food. Everybody had different different sort of like roles, you know, and you would you were either making the food, pitching the tents, cleaning up. Everybody had their roles to do. And the way that we would make our money is we would travel around all of New England and put on shows. <laughs> and it was like this crazy Amazing. thing. And, like, and, you know, and it was, it was sort of run by this, this, this man and woman would sort of take us around. And my mom just said, I, I, to this day, I cannot, because I know what kind of kid I was mm. when I was in eighth grade, and I can't believe she got me to do Which it. Which was what? You were just rest, like, rest. Just, you know, I was just awful. Defiant. You know, defiant and Pissed like, off. you know, stealing. And, and, what made and you so angry? I, you know, I don't know if it was, it just, it was the role that I thought that I was supposed to be playing. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And I, and again, I, I was living in a <clears throat> pretty, pretty crazy, dangerous city at the time, and I was really wild and attracted to that. And I was mm-hmm. attracted to the people who lived the wildest. Mm-hmm. And 
I, you know, I went to this thing and I remember this man who, who, who was taking us around this sort of like counselor. He had me write a monologue for myself and I wrote it and it was, it was, it was, it was about this guy who had just beaten this other kid up and he was talking to sort of like a guidance counselor mm. and he basically was, you know, cursing out the guidance counselor being like you don't know anything about my life like you don't know that and and then it, it shifted into this thing about maybe i hit people because my dad hits me sort of thing it was probably super cheesy and and look i didn't come from any abuse or anything like that yeah. i mean any beating that my dad gave me i fully earned you know what i mean <laughs> and like but but i remember i would go and perform this at like old age homes and like in town squares and at summer camps like all over new england and after each show and like I haven't even thought about this forever, but people would come up to me and be like, dude, like, you know, and it was always kind of males that were sort of like me. Mm -hmm. They could have been my age, 15 years older, 10 years old, but like guys who were just kind of like, they're like, well, and I remember I would do it and it would be, you know, I would be like this kid, like I never acted before, but I'd be like crying and I would, I would change it in the moment and mm -hmm. I would, you know, and it really... So, so I just kind of like had this sort of private experience that my, and I didn't, t you know, my parents didn't really like know what I was doing up there and I never really talked about it, but I, but, but it's all cause of my mom. Like she knew something. She, she gave me this unbelievable gift. And then all through high school, I remember my mom asked me to audition for the high school play and I, I did this play, but I was sort of like one foot in one foot out. And then the, one of the acting teachers at the school because I was sort of this like troublemaker and this jock, he made fun of me to the acting class about like John Bernthal's in a play. Like, do you see how terrible he was? Mm -hmm. And that, and my parents were so excited that I did something besides like getting in trouble. I remember like my dad went into the school and like threw him up against the wall. And, like, all. So anyway, really? I just like it's had this thing dad. where there are these steps along yeah. the way. But then, you know, really for me, you know, when I went to college, I went to college, I, I got into this college called Skidmore college to play baseball and this woman, Alma Becker, who, who uh, you know, she really saved my life. She was my first acting teacher, and I took a class with her. But honestly, by accident, I just, I just wanted to get rid of a, a requirement. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I've told this story a million times, but the first assignment was to bring in something that you loved and share it with a class. And the first girl had a blues traveler CD and she's like sharing it with a class and crying about how her boyfriend gave it to her. And I was like, this is the weirdest, like I'd never been around theater people before. Yeah. I'm like, this is the weirdest fucking girl I've ever met in my life. And it was somehow kind of coming to me and I didn't bring anything, but these kids had taken it so seriously. And so all I had was my catcher's glove because I was going to baseball practice. So I like went into this, story about how my mom had given me this catcher's glove on her deathbed and it was total bullshit like my mom's alive and well and I said this whole story and I'm crying my eyes out and everybody in the class is crying their eyes out and I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa wait I'm just fucking and this woman Alma like you know took me aside and was just like look you know you can't you know you violated the sanctity of our studio and it was like I, I saw how vital and important it was for her and I'd only sort of seen that out of a coach like she was like fuck you man you don't do that here mm -hmm. like that doesn't work here mm -hmm. and she said you're gonna audition for my play and I'm like fucking no I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. And she gave me this monologue and I auditioned for her play and I, I, I got in. It was with all these like senior theater majors and I was still a crazy fucking kid. But I remember my baseball team, like my college baseball team came to the play and my coach, that same coach who, you know, to, you know, when you're playing like NCAA sports, you can't miss practice to go to play rehearsal. Mm. But I remember my coach saw me in the play and said, hey, dude, never, never, ever miss a rehearsal for practice ever again mm. he's like you need to be doing this 
And then I remember that summer. I remember, you know, like living at the the beach with with with, with my best friends growing up, and 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 you know, like taking acid and and just just doing the most knuckleheaded things and talking to my best friend Greg Zumas. And just saying like, hey, man, this is what I'm going to do. Like, mm. I know that this is. And from so, that point, what, that but, was it. But then what? So like what? When you said to your exhumus, like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. What? What? What's the feeling that you had inside you that was different? Like, like, I hear that acting saved your life in a sort of practical way. Because mm-hmm. maybe you would have gotten into some really dangerous stuff mm-hmm. had you not had this as, mm-hmm. a, as an outlet or as something that inspired you. But then like what? Like, what did it teach you about life and dude? Your purpose, direction, and... uh, teamwork. Uh, you know, like go, like going in. You know, once I did that play, that was kind of it for me. I was always in in a play. I joined a theater company. I was doing plays all up and down the East Coast while I was in school. Like that. Did was you feel it. like it put you in touch with something inside yourself that you didn't know before? I think what it did is it. it I was tapping into an energy that up until that point, it was wild. It Mm. was anything could happen on stage. Mm -hmm. The stakes were like, you could fail, you could fall flat on your fucking face. It was, it was, it was better than any street fight I'd ever been in. Right. Like more dangerous. It was so dangerous before I would never, it was conquering something Mm. every night. Mm -hmm. Um, It was striving to get to somewhere that you know, you'd never actually get to. But like the, 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 the ride was so, exhilarating and, and, and but this is a this is like this is life right i mean life is dangerous like we don't know what's gonna happen well, when you're really moment. living unless you're yeah. hiding unless you're settling unless you're sort of twiddling your thumbs and 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 lying to yourself but so, i think that uh, the times in our lives at least for me when i've been most happy is when i've been thoroughly alive the problem is is that if you're doing that if if the way that you find that is the, the, any host of drugs or fighting or alcohol or promiscuity, whatever it, your your thing is that you do that makes you feel sort of alive and vibrant. The problem is, is that a lot of those things, they go hand in hand with like some really negative ramifications for mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. which I think ultimately, at least for me, were like really bringing me down and really mm-hmm. making me feel full of shame and regret regret and remorse whereas in this one all i was getting was positive feedback and mm-hmm. for once in my life this wild abandonment in 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 uh, that i was tapping into and when i was seeing you know movies i fell in love all of a sudden with movies in the theater and 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 watching these these actors tap into this energy that had only gotten me in trouble before now i could do it I could go, I could be dangerous on a stage mm-hmm. i could think awful thoughts you know i could yeah. i could go i could I could go to these really, really crazy dark places, but all of a sudden people were saying, bravo, man, not like, hey, dude, you need to, you're not fit to be around us. You're trouble. You're shitty. You know, you're, 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 you're bad. So this is a really hard question that I'm mm-hmm. about to ask you, but I, yeah. I wonder if you'll have an answer for it. Like, you know, not everyone has a job where like they're, they're the stakes are super, super high mm-hmm. every single time they walk into the office. Um, although arguably you could say that everybody does. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but like, how would you tell someone to, to find that sense of inner aliveness um, who's not on stage or not in front of a camera? I think just like anything else, it's always about, it's, it's, it's always about other people. And I think that I, I, I think that, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head when you say that is there is always 
somebody around you in need. Like there's always somebody who's going through something hard. There's always something you can do out there in your society, for your environment, for somebody else, for for a kid, for like there's always like if you're looking for something vital, like it's out there. There are people who are going through it. And look, I do think when I was a kid, I remember reading this Babe Ruth book in the doctor's office. It was this cartoon Babe Ruth book. And there was this caption of like fat ass Babe Ruth, like leaning on the stadium, popping a hot dog into his mouth. <laughs> and this kid's like, hey, babe, like you having a good day? And he's like, every day is good because I get paid to play baseball and eat hot dogs. I'm doing what I love. <laughs> and I remember that really resonated with me. Like if you can find something that you love and get paid for it, like, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And like, you've got to recognize that that's a gift. You got to, you got to not only fight to keep it going, but I think you got to fight to sort of make it pure. You got to fight to always make, put your best foot forward, always protect the people around you, always be a good person, always, always, uh, you, you know, never, you know, take it for granted in any way or make it ugly. Um, I mean, it seems like you're talking a lot about some of what you were talking about before, which is, you know, when you were talking about team building, which is mm -hmm. like a, a sense of connectedness. Mm -hmm. Um, like the feeling that we're, you know, supported by people and that we are in support of others can be really, uh, can make us feel very alive. I think so, man. And look, I think in the theater community and, and honestly, just like a, a, as far as like a community, look, I think, I think Hollywood, you know, if you look at Hollywood and sort of like the stigma that's a, a, attached to it, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I look you know, there is a stigma out there. I think that there's like people who, who, who have no connection with it, you know, think about it in a certain way. And I think that a lot of stereo, there's a lot of truths in a lot of stereotypes. Like what, and, like what, like, well that, you know, I think that there's probably, you know, that, that everyone's just sort of vapid, super soft and shallow and, you know, ultra, you, you, you know, everybody kind of like feels the same way politically and everybody's kind of like, uh -huh. and, and, you know, as far as like, the movie, like the movie making business or like, I, you know, to me, you know, when I, when I started in the theater, I, I absolutely fell in love with the community and it was a community I really wanted to be a part of. And I never felt such support and positivity and, and, and people really being there for each other, mm. really fucking being, mm. being there for each other. And sounds like know, loyalty is super important to you. Super important to me. Yeah. Super important to me. And I think that when you look at, sort of on a bigger sense of the people that just make art, you know, like the fact that I, you can go onto a film set in New York and you can have, you can sit at a table with um, some New York Teamsters, which are, in, in my opinion, like some of my best friends in the world, like the greatest group of guys on earth. <laughs> you know, you can have some stagehands, some hair and makeup people, couple of actors and maybe, uh, you know, like a grip and a producer, like all at the table having a conversation. Like, I don't know, man, you have uh, th the connection there is that we're all in this together. We're all making this together, but we all come from enormously different places. We have enormously different, you know, religious, uh, political, uh, all, all kinds of beliefs, but it's a space and it's a haven where, Real conversation can happen, real discussion can happen, and because we're saying, you know what you know what we put above all everything is we put above that we're all in this together and we get each other's backs. And I think that unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but I think about it a lot as a father, I think especially with masculinity in this country, you know, I think somehow we've gotten to this 
place where being steadfast in your beliefs, being completely unbending and being completely unwilling to hear other people out has somehow taken the place of being strong or tough or patriotic or American when in fact it's like the, the, the absolute opposite. In my opinion, you know, there's nothing more strong or patriotic than being like, oh, you think differently than me? What do you got to say, dude? Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Like, I want to hear that. And just as a man, uh, you, you, you know, I find that the, the, this sort of idea, and I think a lot of it is because of, like, I don't want to be political, but I think a lot of it is because of, of, of who our president is now, but I think it goes way beyond that. But I think that, you know, to me, look, I've fought in gyms all over this country, and, and the guy who talks the loudest and wears the brightest colors is the guy you got to worry the least about. It's the guy who's respectful, who smiles, who's humble, says, hey, man, you want to get a little bit of work today? Like, that's the guy you got to watch out for. <laughs> and I, I, I think that, you know, bluster and bravado and talking tough has somehow taken look one of the real joys of, of 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 my job one of the things i'm most proud of and i cherish the most is that you know in the different things that i've gotten to do you know i've gotten to know members of the the special forces community uh really really well i've gotten to train with them become a part of their lives they become a part of mine and it's something that i cherish with all my heart and i'll tell you man like to a person like there's none of those guys that you can't talk about shit with. Mm. There's none of those guys that say it's my way or the highway. There's mm. none of the, like they are fucking open because they're confident. They're humble. They've seen life. Because yeah, like, you kind of have to be like, I mean, this is what, you know, I just, I just, <laughs> I just wrote down. I just wrote a note that says strong fighters lose fights. <laughs> well, yeah, man. But, 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 but I think you started this thing with like when you and I first started talking about like being an actor, like. I think that like you, you, you have to go into every situation saying like, I'm not going to judge this, this character. I, it, that's not my job. I'm not going to say this character is a good guy or this is a bad guy. I'm going to open my fucking heart and empathize with this character as much as I possibly can. I'm going to really try to get and understand what this person is going through and then play that with all my heart. Now, empathy is a craft, right? I mean, empathy is a craft, but empathy is that if there's one thing and it's what I say to my, my, my kids all the time, that is this, it's, I think it's the single most important thing that we have to do within all of our relationships. I think in, I think, I think there's, there's never a, there's no downside to, 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 to empathy. And, and I think that, it, it it is so lacking in in in, in so many pe people are so we we live in such a comfortable coddled world right now that like we really can just escape to our own little pods. Mm -hmm. But I think once you really put yourself in other people's shoes and 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 really say like how you know why why do you feel that way how do you feel it, it first of all it sparks so much curiosity it's so interesting it's so fascinating and 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 I think that you know you can find as far as the acting part of it. You, 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 you know, if you get behind somebody's cause for so even if it's just terrible, you really try to understand it. It, it, it it's I think it, it, it it's you, you can learn so much about about yourself. And yeah, and, and, and yeah. I think it helps with with all your relationships with everybody around you. Um, so here. So uh, I want to talk about something. I've always had this theory that like that the kind of set that you just described right and you can say set you can say any workplace but mm -hmm. the kind of set where like you're the lead actor and you're you know you're 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 genuinely caring about 
set deck and crafty and um, like every, everyone that supposedly is quote unquote like lower than you on the totem pole according to Hollywood standards mm. or whatever. Um, I've, I've always thought that like that kind of set is created by the number one. You know, we say number one, that means like the lead actor mm. on the show, right? So mm -hmm. do you feel like that? Like that, 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 that the environment, the culture of the set comes from the top down? Look, you know, a lot of people have told me that, you know, I've, I've definitely heard that. And, and you've and heard I, that you've, that you, that you create an environment on the set that feels <laughs> unifying. A, pe people have, I'm, I'm asking you, by the way, like I'm giving you permission to. No, no, no. Like, listen, listen, <laughs> on, 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 here's what I'll say. Um, on, on the show where the times where I've been number one and on, on the show that I've been doing where I've been number one on the call sheet. It is, it is enormously important to me that every person there feels respected, protected, welcomed, um, equal. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, like it, 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 ha it, there's no, you don't, you, you, if you come in and you're getting in the way of that, like that doesn't work. There's no bullying. There's no, you don't, you, you know, producers don't get to come in. And talk to you don't get to come visit and then talk to people like they're beneath you like that doesn't. So what's your practice like on the daily? Like how do you ensure that everyone on the set feels respected, protected? They just know it. It's all by your actions. It's by how how you treat people. And then look when when bullshit goes down and it does go down. I mean, look, man, I do it. You know, a Marvel Netflix show, man. You know what I mean? Like when shit pops off, like you've you know, like you put your money where your mouth is, and 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 it's and and you make stick up for someone. Yeah, always, always, and it's something that's very important to me because I know, look, I've had the unbelievable honor of watching Andy Lincoln do it and watching Brad Pitt do it and watching DiCaprio do it and watching Emily Blunt do it. And these guys are so much better than me in, 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 in like, I just revere them. I, 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 I you know, I, I did just a few days on this movie Sicario and Emily Blunt was able to make me feel like, she was so she was amazing, lucky yeah. to and have so were me. You. Right, yeah. but like, like she, oh my God, John, I love you. Like she did the work. She did, and like she could have been lying her fucking ass off. She was really off, generous. Like, and it, and the thing is, is what I saw is with it was with everybody. Mm. And then and then you see on that set, wow, like you, you know you've been on those sets. Like yeah, you, of like I, we've all been on the sets that are awesome. We've all been on the sets that freaking suck. Just mm -hmm. like you've been in homes that are like, wow, the energy in here is fucking great, man. Mm -hmm. And you go into homes where you're like, wow, nobody fucking loves each other here. Mm -hmm. Like this sucks. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's 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 funny because I think it's a lot more simple than anybody ever makes it. Just fucking be respectful. Like if you've ever been locked up and you're like, they get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just treat me with respect, man. We're gonna be good. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's that's the deal. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But. You also have to say, if you see injustice, you've got to be like, hey, dude, that doesn't fly here. You know, mm -hmm. like it's that ain't going to work for us, you know. And and look, you know, Andy Lincoln on The Walking Dead, you know, was such, Walking Dead was such an unbelievable gift for me because, you know, when, when you were talking about like how I found something spiritually, you know, that happened at a, you know, when I found Walking Dead, I was coming out of a really, really dark situation where I'd gotten in trouble again and I really made a... I had to make like an acute, that was sort of my rock bottom and I had to make an acute life change and everything really changed right around that. I decided to quit drinking. I decided to get married. I decided to focus completely on work and, 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 and I connected. I mean, I had a full on clear cogent conversation with somebody and, and I asked God, for something and I got it. That's whatever. it. And yeah. I was in a situation. Did I you was pray? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, did you meditate? I mean, I'm literally like, did you have a moment? Because I've had moments. I mean, did you feel like you were talking to God? And and I sort of look. I'm and I still, I still, I mean, like last night, you know, me and me and my sons, you know, my 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 wife's in the hospital. Me me and my sons had it. Like I've always felt that when, and really since I became an actor, that when I need to kind of open that valve it's i'm very i'm very respectful of when that valve is opened mm. you know what i mean i don't mm-hmm. want to take too much of his his you know his or her time yeah, but yeah. like i you know but i you, you know i got in trouble i mean it is stupid but I, I got in trouble some guys were trying to take my dogs there's a bunch of them i i took my dog these guys followed me i hit this guy he got knocked out standing up he fell down he got hurt real bad his friends jumped me blah 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 but they were taking me they took me to jail because this guy wasn't waking up and he was not going to wake up. Yeah. And like, I didn't know. And, and, and I was handcuffed to a bench and this was, you know, well into my acting career. I'd, I'd done two series, regular jobs. I'd done a ton of movies and, um, but I was still just living pretty wildly and crazily. And I thought that one thing sort of influenced the other in order to be a good actor. I still needed to have a foot in this wild kind of like uh, reckless life. And what a fucking idiotic thing that is. And, and, uh, you know, I was handcuffed to this bench and, you know, the police were basically just like, look, this guy, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't wake up, you know, he's not waking up, dude. Like, that's it for you. And I knew this guy doesn't wake up. I'm going down this hallway and Mm. this is going to be my life now. Mm. Like, that's it. And like, it's time for me to find the devil inside of me. And I got to just be that guy. And Mm. like the whole, everything else, the friends, the actor, like all that, like that, that, that's got to die now and I got to be this guy. And, Mm. And as clear as day, I said, if that's the path that I have to go down, I'm ready to go down that path. And it was scary how much I just knew it and I accepted it. And it was, it was as real as anything. But Mm -hmm. I said, but if you're listening, if you can just this one more time, wake this man up and get me out of it. Like, I promise you, man, I'm done. Like I am done. Like I am done. And I'm gonna, I am going to focus on my love and I'm going to focus on my art and I'm going to be a better man. And I'm going to try as hard as I can to be good in this world. And, and I'm done, man, I promise you. And like, look, it, 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 that situation ended up, we were talking about walking dead that, that, that ended up really saving my life in a, in a whole lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that, that horrible event ended up being in a lot of ways, the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, walking dead for that to be sort of my first job after that, you know, this guy ended up like suing me, trying to sue me for like $2 million, which I didn't have. And it was this whole sort of tumultuous thing. And now I was getting married and I was sober and, and you know, it was, a, I was a totally different guy from when it happened. And I, I go into, Walking Dead, which I, you know, I read this script and I, you know, I just, I, I was just blown away with how good it, and, and, you know, some it's of kind these of jobs. It's amazing that you went into a show called Walking Dead when this guy <laughs> who you thought you killed started to walk again. Yeah, dude, well, that's it. I never put that, that together. But I will say it was a year later. This all went down July 3rd, 2009. July 3rd, 2010, we were... On the set, we, we I was with Sarah Wayne Callies in her apartment in Atlanta about to start shooting on Walking Dead. And I was telling her, you know, she was drinking a glass of wine. I was drinking a glass of, uh, uh, a glass of soda. And I was ta- we were talking about this. And she, I ended up going home and writing a letter to the, the dude that I hit and thanking him and mm. saying that I saw myself in him. And, and, and you know, Sarah's like, one of the most important people in my life. She's, she's the sister that I, I, I never had. And going onto that show with Sarah and with Andy, especially they're both 
had very sort of young families. I was just getting married. They were unbelievable models for me of how you kind of keep a family and how you're like putting your art and your family. You know, I remember Andy Lincoln would say, you know, man, this, this work, this is his disco. This is his party. Everything that he got, because he's, he's, everything that he got from going out and living his life and doing in his, like he gets it all out of mm. that work. And he, 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 he puts, he, he goes to this place that is so unbelievably deep and, but he remains absolutely accessible to absolutely everybody. He makes everybody feel welcome. I mean, if there's one, in my opinion, if there's one reason why that show was sort of the thing that it was. It was it was it was Andy and the and 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 the culture that those sort of like original. Could you just talk about the tension between those two things? Because that's something that's like um, that's very particular to acting. But I think that if if other people in the world were were conscious of it, that they'd realize that we all we all have this right. And what I'm talking about is the tension between being very very welcoming and going very very deep. Yeah, look, and and I'll say like as a number one, it's so fucking gross to say that, but like as as, as it's not. Punisher, I'm asking you. You are a number. But, you're but, the number but, one. But, yeah. but on that show, I will say the hardest thing is you know, look, I started that show. I started that character on Daredevil, right? On a different show that was going and had mm-hmm. their own. You know, Charlie Cox, another unbelievable leading man. You know, number one, great, and uh, you know him and D'Onofrio and and De- like they had this their own thing going, and I'm playing this character, and I could just show up. And completely be about my process and not have to, you know, I could just, I don't get in anybody's way, but I'm, I'm there. I'm in, I'm like, I'm in my shit and in my, and I didn't going on to my own show. It's different. Like you have to, you have a responsibility. And I, and I think it's also, it's, 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 it's like the bigger question of how do you balance this thing that you love so much and you've worked so hard at and matters so much to you, whether you want to, call it your career, your art, your profession, whatever it is. And also with your family, that is your heart and that demands, there's never, there's never too much of yourself you can give to your family. There's no, you know what I mean? There's, it's two things that are bottomless. Like you, they, they, they both require all of you. Mm. And I think the answer for me has come to a place of you gotta, as just a life rule, be where you are while you're there. And so when someone needs you and when someone is talking to you on set, like you, you be there for them fully, but then you carve out your second. I mean, Lauren knows you cut, you carve out your second to go away where there's nobody. And if you need to cry and bang your head on a wall, if you need to have it out with yourself a little bit to get to that place. And, and look, I think our, our, then you go to that place. And as far as like how it can kind of manifest or work in for people in different careers, I just think, look, man, I think we all know what the fat is on our life. And, and, and that process of going into walking dead and making that shit for me, I had to trim a lot of fat. Mm. I had to, I had to, I don't want to say end relationships, but I had to change up the routine of my life and things that were extremely sort of important to me. Uh, I, I had to reassess and say, are these like it's ta- that's time. That's time in the box. It should either, you know, and and I, 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 I think change changes the most. Exce- you talk about how do we find vitality and how do we live life with stakes? Change, change yourself, mm. change something that's not because working. why? Why do you think because when you change something, you're giving something up. And when you give something up, there's a hole. And when there's a hole, it's fucking scary as shit. And you don't mm-hmm. know who you are and you're living on the edge. You got to find something to fill it. Mm-hmm. And the idea is if you want something, I mean, look, one, one, one of the, 
one of one one of the things in graduate school that I re- I, I don't know about you know I've got my own feelings about graduate acting school but <laughs> but like you know one thing that I I really took to and I has really stuck with me and that I really dig is that there's four stages of of changing your behavior and we're all going through life right now you and I are going through life right now and we are doing something wrong whether it's unhealthy whether it's shitty whether it makes us sad and so we are living in a state with that they say it's that we sit slumped over sure. so we're living in a state of unconscious incompetence we're sitting wrong and we don't even fucking know about it mm-hmm. the next most important fucking step is conscious incompetence mm-hmm. is saying to yourself holy fuck I've been sitting the wrong way all these years holy mm-hmm. shit and it's a huge exciting vital it's like, and, and it's such a big and then the next step is conscious competence you know what if i think about it i'm gonna fucking start sitting right is it unconscious competence no it's conscious okay. competence because okay. if i think then it's four steps oh, the third step is i gotta think about it and, then and if i, I just think it. about it i can do it yeah. and then if you do that enough you'll get to a place we don't even have Unco- to fucking think right. about it. That's unconscious competence, which is the state you really want to be in. That's right. a full. That's the full arc of change. And you know, you 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 know, I was taught that in terms of okay, I want I want to learn how to walk with a limp, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's the first step. And then I got to realize how you know. Then I put it together. I'm thinking about, it. and then eventually, if I do it enough, I can do it without even thinking about mm-hmm. it, right? And then mm-hmm. I'm just doing it, mm-hmm. right? So, but like I think it really applies to any kind of life change and i think you can say hey i you, you know these these realizations of fuck it like i'm not i'm not doing this right or i want this they're such amazing thing and i don't care what you do for a living i don't care what family situation familial situation you're in like we all have those things and you gotta listen to them you gotta listen to them and pay attention to them and 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 i think kind of like riding that forward if you want to find vitality like that's 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 definitely a way I right think. right yeah, yeah, okay yeah. i love this and well, i want to let you go because you have a lot going on um but this was so beautiful and the last uh, thing i'll ask you about yeah, is like it, it, it are there any i mean are there any resources that you have on, on off the t- this is a hard question but yeah, that's cool it's off the top of your head books types of therapy types of like and movies videos online meditation apps and kind of like what do you what do you, do you have any recommendations just on a really practical basis for what just for everyone like to 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 be better at doing exactly what you just described at identifying what you love to do and like doing everything it takes to incorporate that into your life i don't know i think i mean look there are things there are definitely there have definitely been books and music and movies and people and and saints along the way that have, that have inspired me and changed me. Uh, it's funny. The first thing that pops in my mind right now is Lil Boozy, Lil Boozy Badass, Love, <laughs> Love Your it. Family, or, uh, yeah. which is the greatest video in the world if you haven't <laughs> seen it. It's just about just hugging your family and taking care of your family. But I think that, I, I mean, I think that if there's anything from like what I just said about that state, it's, 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 it's about having your eyes and your heart open at all times to see it because you never know where that is going to come from. You never know. And, and the, and it's, it's, it's not, it's not just simply because our heads are in our fucking phones all the time, mm-hmm. but like really, you know, connecting with somebody with, and it, and it's something that I, I really think I found in, 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 in Russia Whereas, you know, people, a lot of people come like Russia, Russia really saved my life. And that woman, Alma, who, who sent me there, my first acting teacher, she also married my wife and I, Mm. you know, the thing about Russia, when people talk about it, they talk about how people are very cold and how 
you, you know, they kind of walk around in scowls and it's a kind of very hard place. And the thing about Russian, you know, anybody who spent time in Eastern Europe will, will sort of remark upon the fact that there's a real lack of pretension. Mm. That you're, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, like there's no like, hey, how you doing? You're good. The, the small talk is just, it just doesn't really exist. Mm. So if you ask somebody how you're doing, like they might cry to you. You mm. know what I mean? Like they might do that. But it's, it's in every situation, go into it with an open, with open eyes and open heart. You never know what you're going to learn. You never know who you're going to fall in love with, who, who's going to inspire you in some certain way. And I think that, you, you know, it's, it's just like it's a, it's, a, it's a giant world full of inspiration and you got to keep your eyes and your heart open to it. Uh, else it's going to pass you the fuck by. And, and, and I think that, that risk enough should, should, should drive you to, to do that, you know? And so like, I, th I think those things are out there. Um, I, I, again, I know what they are for me, but I think they're going to be different for everybody and you just have to be open, open to them, you know? I love it. Right on. I hope it wasn't a cop out. Dude, no, it's yeah, yeah. But that's what yeah, that's really what I think. Yeah, man. keep keep your eyes and your ears open. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And your heart. Your heart, your heart for sure, your heart. Yeah. And if you're gonna have the conversation, really have it. You know? Yeah. I yeah. feel like we had a good conversation. Yeah, this was fun, man. It was cool <laughs> seeing you. Thank man. you. Yeah, thank you, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Right on. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IamCatFoster and reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. For links and recommendations from this week's episode, visit ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes go up on Mondays. Subscribe to the show and rate and review us. It would mean so, so much to us if you did. This podcast is produced by Hanami Sutton and Chris Mako with technical assistance by David O'Hara and music by Sean Hokinson. We love you guys. We really, really do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.